Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. bleed green are you an ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen here we go here we go who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. We are underway on a joint practice loss Thursday here on Birds 365. Uh, Jody McDonald, yes, in the house, joined by Jeff Kerr today because John McMullen is down in uh, South Beach. Uh, So we'll keep you rolling now for an hour and 55 minutes. No, we're five minutes late. And no, Kyle Rogers, I didn't oversleep. Actually, Kyle, between you and me. I did hit the snooze button today, so I got seven extra minutes, but I didn't actually oversleep. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, for those of you who uh, do the YouTube stuff, StreamYard is the service that we use to get us up and rolling on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, and they had some issues this morning. And not us, not me. The Eagles might not be practicing against the Dolphins. I didn't bring any non-COVID illness to this show today. Don't try and uh, drop that at my doorstep. That was not the case. But we are officially underway, and uh, we'll rock and roll with you for the next hour 50. And Jane's got a couple of guests 
coming your way as well. Jeff Kerr, good to see you. How are you, bud? Uh, pretty good, Jody. Um, unlike the Dolphins, uh, I will be practicing today. In fact, I'm here for the real thing. That's what we like to hear. And uh, much like yesterday when we had Rick Saratella filling in for Johnny Mac, you same exact situation. Not only will you be jumping in with us, either as a guest or as a co-host from time to time, you've got your own Jacob Media show co coming up here on the channel. Uh, Saratella is going to come after Birds 365. You're going to come before Birds 365. Give us the details. Yeah, Jerry. So my show is going to be Good Morning NFC East. It's going to be on 7 to 8 a.m. every Monday through Friday. So basically, I'm batting leadoff for you guys. And we're going to be talking NFC East every day. Monday, Cowboys. Uh, Tuesday, Giants. Wednesday, Washington. Thursday, Eagles. Friday. We're going to go nuts. It's a football Friday. But I'll tell you what, uh, the big news in the NFC East, if we want to preview this, Tyron Smith, he's going to be yeah. out a couple months. And Eagles NFC East chances just went significantly up as a result. They did yesterday. It was uh, Chase Young going down for the uh, command. Well, not going down. He's been down, but there had been hope that he could be ready for the first game of the regular season. It didn't happen for, uh, on the pup list. So he's guaranteed to miss at least the first four games, of which there's an Eagles commander's game uh, right in there in, in week number three. So, yeah, a couple injuries have uh, gone the Eagles way. They have some injuries themselves that they're dealing with. Uh, and yesterday, the undefeated streak is over. If, uh, again, everybody gets to judge, there's no scoreboard at these joint practices that they put up an actual score. It's uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. The winner is in the eye of the beholder. And uh, a lot of Eagles beat guys that the Eagles winning all four joint practices last year and the first two this year in Cleveland. Some called uh, day one a draw. Uh, but if there, if it was a draw, then it was uh, five and oh, that the Eagles were going into yesterday's joint practice. Apparently, JK, there's no arguing. There's no hedging. There's no fudging. Eagles got outplayed yesterday by the Dolphins. I hate to tell the fans this who are making jokes about the Dolphins not practicing. They, oh, they were afraid to face A.J. Brown. They were afraid to face Darius Slate. No, no, they weren't. Um, because from what I was told from a lot of Dolphins guys, uh, the Dolphins looked very impressive yesterday. And they said the Eagles were good. Tua Tagovailoa said that. There were a couple guys there that, that said, hey, look, the Eagles are a good team. But what I was told, the Dolphins got the upper hand on them yesterday. It wasn't like it was a, a beatdown, but – the Dolphins are a really good team. We, we seem to forget that. You know, everybody wants to talk about Tua Tagovailoa, but there's talent across the board on that roster. And if the Dolphins can protect Tua, they're going to have a really good season. And, oh, by the way, not everyone wants to talk about Tua Tagovailoa. Are you a non-believer, too? Are you one of the, 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 the many that think that uh, if the Dolphins are good this year, it's because of everything else other than Tua? You know what, Jody? It's weird. So I was on uh, Dolphins Talk podcast with Michael Avila, who's been doing the Dolphins for years. And we were talking about Tua and Jalen Hurts and how they're exactly the same. It's everybody doesn't seem to believe in these guys or there's a large vocal minority in there. But if they're good, their teams are going to be really good. I, I think the Dolphins were a good team last year and they were kind of like the Eagles. They, they beat up on all the bad teams, but they couldn't beat the good teams. And so I, I'm kind of indifferent with the Dolphins. I, I think they, they really upgraded their roster. I think they're better than New England. They're not better than Buffalo, but I do think they are going to take one of those seven playoff spots in the AFC this year. You didn't come close to answering the question, so I guess I'm going to try it again. Are you a non-Tua believer? I, you, and, and you answered by telling me everything about the Dolphins. I asked you a quarterback-specific question. 
please give me an answer. Okay, so if you want to hear one of my, I want to say wrong takes. So I thought Tua was going to be the best quarterback in that draft class. Well, Justin Herbert is better and Joe Burrow is better. Oh, by the way, I will say this. I'll defend myself on this. I said all three would be good. I still have hope for Tua, but he's clearly number three on that. He he, he clearly is. It, Joe Burrow is a stud. He's a franchise quarterback. Justin Herbert is a stud. He's a franchise quarterback. Tua is not, but I still think Tua could be a good quarterback in this league. But I, I'm indifferent. I'll say that about Tua. The, the, it, it, the it's, no, done yet. it's no disgrace to be number three behind Herbert and, no, and Joe Burrow. Come on. I thought Tua was going to be the number one overall pick going into that college season after Burrow did what he did and Tua got hurt. I didn't. But what makes it bad, Jody, is the Dolphins could have had Justin Herbert. Understood. Uh, but we'll, uh, I'm, I'm willing to give Tua time here. Uh, you don't decide an entire career in your first couple of years in the NFL. Um, yeah. Do I think he's going to catch Herbert? I'm going to give him a shot. I think it's going to be pretty damn difficult to catch Burrow because Burrow's already made it to a Super Bowl in his second yeah, Herbert, year. He's, he's opened up the lead a little bit further than Herbert has. At some point, Herbert's got to At this point, uh, one playoff games, victories in the postseason. Uh, below and none, Justin Herbert none. So they're even in that aspect. Um, Tua could absolutely catch up to Herbert. Burrow's going to be difficult. I'll just say this. When I talked to Justin Herbert, I, I talked to him a couple times this offseason, but – he made it clear, look, there's no excuse. We got to go to the playoffs. But bottom line, we got to go to the playoffs and we got to win playoff games. We're good enough to do that. Justin Herbert says everything you want to hear out franchise quarterback. He's willing to do whatever it takes to, to make his game better. I, I told him, I thought you were leaps and bounds better than you were in year one, and he was pretty good in year one. So I'm curious to see how that Chargers team is going to be this year. It's I'm just glad the Eagles don't have to face him because he, he, he tore the Eagles up last year. Tua went out and tore the Eagles up yesterday, as a matter of fact, maybe even more so than uh, Herbert did in the regular season. But we, you can't compare joint practices to regular season games. Um, he did sing the praises of his ex-teammate, uh, Jalen Hurts, afterwards said he was first guy in the locker room. He worked harder, put in more time, gave you more effort than anybody else. And I think Tua's a pretty damn good worker. Um, these Alabama guys are uh, well-trained in what to say to the media, as a matter of fact. But if you were looking for uh, a guy to uh, give your quarterback a leg up, uh, Tua and uh, Jalen, apparently still good boys, still close, still tight. Uh, they took each other back and sung each other's praises. And, oh, by the way, both were good yesterday. Both completed a large number of their passes. It was just that Tua did a little bit more downfield than Jalen did. Uh, apparently Jalen, uh, because of either Miami pressure or that's what they were working on, decided, yeah, I'm going to get the ball out of my hands as soon as possible. And he completed a lot of checkdowns yesterday. Yeah, it seemed like Miami gave them a lot of good looks. But I kind of like Jalen Hurts checking down. Like I, People don't want – they want to see him throw 20, 30-yard passes. Well, if they're not there, though, don't you want to move the field? And it looked like Jalen got off to a slow start. But once he figured out, hey, this is what they're doing, I'm going to take what the defense gives me. That, that's what I liked, and uh, that's what they did. And that's when the Eagles seemed to catch up, I guess. It, it, if we want to describe this joint practice, I think the Dolphins jumped out to a 14 nothing lead, and the Eagles slowly got back into it. Here's where I think Eagle fans have a right to at least question um, when the Eagles are in full-down, check-down mode. Um, if the way we describe the Eagle offensive line, I don't know about you, Jeff, I know how I describe it, best in all of football. 
uh, and uh, I, I don't do that uh, haphazardly. I really do believe they're the best offensive line in all of football. Then the quarterback's supposed to have time to at least have the option to go downfield, to get the ball, drive it down the field a little bit, rather than, oh, need to get it out of my hands ASAP because here comes the blitz. I got uh, less than two seconds to make a decision here. No, that's not supposed to happen with the Eagles' offensive line. They're supposed to give him time. Uh, again, neither you nor I were there yesterday. We're going by others' reporting. Sounds like the Eagles' offensive line didn't have their best day yesterday, that the Dolphins actually were in the backfield and we're forcing uh, Jalen to get rid of the football as quickly as he did. Let's hope that's not a continuing trend as the regular season is now less than three weeks away. It's a shame, too, because I thought Emmanuel Ogba and Christian Wilkins were a good look for them because Christian Wilkins is a rising defensive tackle in this league, uh, the kid from Clemson. I, I, I thought he was very severely underrated last year and is just getting better. Same with Emmanuel Ogba. Those guys do get pressure on the quarterback. I, I thought that was a good test for the Eagles offensive line yesterday. And it's a shame that we won't get to see it today because I wanted to see the Eagles adjust. But, I mean, overall, it is what it is, Jody. I guess 5-1-1 one, and one in joint practices isn't terrible. Here's uh, what actually does concern me a little bit. If the Eagles offensive line had a bad day, they had a bad day. Um, uh, I still think they're as good as there is in the National Football League when it comes to offensive line. Defensive backfield, I'm not near as sure. Um, Darius Slay did get beat a couple of times yesterday by Tyreek Hill. Apparently got hurt on one of the plays, tried to gut it out, stay in the game. I uh, could see that he was not moving well, so they eventually pulled him out of practice. Bradbury, who missed uh, the tail end of last week's practice with an injury, um, did come back but was limited in participation. So Tyreek Hill, after he had beaten Slay a couple of times, just beat the rest of the Eagles D-backs like rented mules over the course of the day. Do the Eagles have enough depth at the cornerback position, Jeff Carr? I think they do. Uh, cornerback's not my concern. Safety is. Uh, you know, I, I like Avante Max in the slot. I well, like that. Uh, safety isn't covering Tyree Kill. So Tyree Kill was beating the snot out of whatever corner now, they put we, on him yesterday. Here? Who has stopped Tyree Kill over the last six years? Not too many people. It's a, it's like covering Randy Moss at this point. You, you, you can't stop Tyree Kill. You can only hope to contain him. And Tyree Kill beating Darius Slay on one on one doesn't concern me as much as him beating guys in eleven on eleven. You know, one on one's a different animal, obviously. But yeah, not too many people are stopping Tyree Kill. And if Tua could get that deep ball off to him, which I've, I've seen Tua throw a deep ball, it, it's actually a lot better than people think. And I'll just say this. I think Tyree Kill is going to be really good for the Dolphins this year. I think he's got a lot to prove. And same way with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I think I think both were just incredible together, but they're still really, really good, you know, just being separate. So I'm looking at it as, uh, okay, you know what? Tyree Kill beats Darius Slay. No, no big deal. It was a one-on-one drill. He'll still really good. It's I'm just glad the Eagles don't have to face him this year and, he can make their lives a living nightmare like he did last year. Exactly. No Dolphins during the regular season. And, oh, by the way, Dolphins didn't even have Jalen Waddle yesterday. He, too, just returned hey, to he's practice. He's a stud, too. Uh, yeah, uh, he's going to be uh, a handful of forever's got to cover the Dolphins during the year. And, uh, again, I didn't see anyone over overtly singing the praises of Mike Kosicki. Um, but I do like the Dolphins' weapons. The Dolphins and Eagles, and we will not get a second practice. In case you're just tuning in here to Birds 365 and you haven't heard, uh, Johnny Mack uh, filled this in right before the show got underway. 
when it got underway late because of some broadcast issues, StreamYard issues, not Jody McDonald overslept issues. We got up and uh, rolling about five minutes late today. Um, during that time, John McMullen informed us that the Eagles will not be doing a joint practice with the Dolphins today. The Dolphins are not practicing uh, illness. They say non-COVID issues, but uh, with an overabundance of uh, caution, they have decided to pull the plug on the joint prospect, prospect aspect of it. Um, so the Dolphins are not practicing today. The Eagles, while they're down there, are not going to miss out on the chance to practice. They got to get as many practices in as they can prior to. Oh, Jeff Kerr, would you like to bet me on the length of today's practice? If it is weather-wise in Miami today like it was yesterday with a real feel heat of well over 100 degrees, how long do you think Nick Sirianni is going to go today with just his birds? Hour five. I'm, I'm taking the under the hour. I'm okay. going in somewhere in the 50s. Uh, they'll get their work in. They'll be efficient about it. They're doing it on a foreign field, but it looked like a pretty good field from the video I saw yesterday. Oh, I think they'll get 50-plus minutes of crisp work in and then be done and uh, get back to that air-conditioned hotel. All right, we're in air-conditioned climbs. We're on the air. Thank you, StreamYard. Uh, he's Jeff Carfone in for John McMullen today. I'm Jody McDonald. We're going to roll two good guests by you, the first of which will join us coming up in just a couple of minutes. He covers the Eagles for NJ.com after doing so for the Inquirer for decades. Les Bowens up next here on Birds 365. Plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. 
Thursday edition of Birds 365. We got Jeff Curran for John McMullen today. Who's down in Miami to watch the Eagles practice? Not against the Dolphins, but just put in a practice today because the Dolphins have uh, decided, due to abundance of caution, some illness on the team, which means the Eagles got to keep the, an eye on their own players. Uh, there won't be a joint practice, so the Eagles will just practice by themselves and they get ready for the preseason game uh, between they and the uh, Eagles. The, Dolphins over the weekend. Here to talk about the birds and getting that much closer to the beginning of the regular season is one of our favorite guys who covers them, has been doing so for years, does a great job now for NJ.com and us whenever we ask them to come on Birds 365. Les Bowen jumps aboard. Uh, Les, are you ready for some football? Yeah, I think so, Jody. Uh, I'm kind of glad I'm not down there in Miami covering this mess uh, this morning. This uh, is really quite a thing to wake up to i think for everybody that made the trip down there uh it's uh wow um you know the first thing everybody thinks about when a team says it's a non-covid illness and they're canceling a huge you know long planned uh uh joint practice is uh, monkeypox but apparently according to mike garofalo of the nfl network and i always assume that whatever the NFL network says is kind of official because it's the organ of the league, uh, is some kind of food poisoning or stomach bug that has ripped through the team. Now, they have 80 players. So for them not to be able to practice, I mean, if it's a stomach bug, you're not going to give it to the Eagles outside and on a field. Right. Uh, it, this just seems very, very odd to me. I, I hope this is all it is, and I hope uh, the Dolphins are fine. And, you know, I, I sure don't want to – if we did have an instance of monkeypox in the NFL, uh, you know, I don't know what the hell. We'd be going maybe back to where we were with COVID or something. Uh, but, uh, you know, all we know is that the Eagles aren't practicing with the Dolphins, and uh, – you know, we don't know anything about the game Saturday or anything. But, uh, but yeah, I'm ready for some football uh, in the unlikely event that we should get some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Les, the first thing I thought of when I, I got the text this morning, like, whoa, okay, last time we had something this major, like a practice or a game getting canceled, the, the whole world shut down. So yes. Uh, yes. I was thinking the same thing, you know, maybe monkeypox, maybe this. But I'm just hoping it is food poisoning or the Eagles pack their lunches. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. Some bad crabs or something, you know, from, yeah. Yeah, none of us know for sure. So, yeah, we get to speculate from afar uh, all day long. Uh, rather than look forward to what they're missing out on by not having a joint practice and or if there will be any issues with Saturday's game, we can't do anything about that because it hasn't been decided yet. We look back at yesterday. Eagles got ripped up pretty good by the Dolphin offense, Tyreek Hill being the main guy uh, to torch the Eagles. But uh, Tua Baloa, after a lot was made, less of uh, quarterbacks against the Eagles completing 80% of their passes, Tua was closer to 90% of his passes yesterday. Um, is Tua better than some people think? Or is the Eagles secondary not as good as some people think? I, yeah, I'm not going to take a lot of uh, hard and fast uh, evaluations out of this. I don't, I don't believe I was not there. Jeff was, but I don't believe they had Bradbury yesterday, right? No, uh, he's no, still he uh, recovering from that groin injury. So you know, um, 
they the Eagles do have a concern at safety, though. I think uh, Marcus Epps, I think, is a solid guy to have. I don't know if he's a like an A or B starter, but he's a he's a guy, you know. Uh, Harris at the other safety. They sort of brought him back this year because they didn't have a lot of options. He was just sort of barely okay last year with Rodney McLeod back there with him. He doesn't have Rodney McLeod this year. Uh, I still think they could make a move at safety. Um, as far as Tua, great potential. Uh, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of argument over who he's going to be and what he's going to be in the NFL. Um, we all know that he unseated Jalen Hurts at Alabama, and Jalen had to go finish his career at Oklahoma. Um, you know, I don't have a good read on exactly who Tua is going to be. I, I do think he has a lot of arm talent. And, uh, you know, there were a lot of factors yesterday. I, the way this is set up for the Eagles, Jody and Jeff, they're never going to do it like this again. To have back-to-back weeks with them being the visitor in joint practices, traveling to Cleveland and then coming home for like one day, literally one and a half days, and then flying to Miami and doing it again. I, I, you know, you want the work, but you don't want to be the team that's, you know, uh, the traveling road show. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they're, they're down there. It's, it's really, really, really hot as I understand. Uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's not a great situation for them in terms of being at peak performance. But I think somebody like Tyreek Hill, that's exactly what Nick Sirianni wants to see. How do, how are we against somebody like this? You know, other than some teams, some other teams, third string running back in a preseason game, you know, that isn't going to give you, you know, what you need to see to evaluate yourself. How are we doing against Tyreek Hill? If it's not good, then you need to really, uh, you know, get on some people and, and and look at what how you're setting things up and, and go from there. Plus, you mentioned the safety position. Uh, you brought up your Ugo Amadi. I mean, the Eagles traded him nine days after they acquired him. You were in Cleveland last week. What did you see or not see from him? Oh, he was just fine. But you got him for uh, – J.J. Ortega Whiteside. And apparently somebody who is desperate for a safety said, hey, we've always liked to go Amadi. We've played against him. Uh, how about we give you a sixth round pick for him? And that and the Eagles said, sure. Um, I don't think it was I don't think we know yet whether he would have made the team or made the practice squad or whatever. But he's a guy, you know, that's kind of floated around a little bit and uh I think they jumped on the, the opportunity to have a pick. I don't think he was going to make a difference here. I, I guess I would say that, Jeff. He could have made the team, but he's like a lot of guys they have. And I think that's a problem in the secondary right now. They have a lot of guys who are NFL players, you know, but when it comes, push comes to shove and you're, you know, covering an elite receiver or an elite tight end, uh, you're at a bit of a disadvantage with some of those guys. I think it's another one you got to put in the W column for Howie Roseman to be able to turn around and flip him and move up around from a seven to a six for a guy who was here less than a week 
that you got for a guy who wasn't making a team, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, I think is how he's playing the uh, Monty Hall, let's make a deal cards pretty darn well. Now, if Amadi goes to Tennessee and actually steps in and plays for them and the Eagles continue to have the questions that they have in their secondary, oh, we can oh, revisit yeah. this and say, Howie, what would you do? You didn't even give the guy a chance. He was only here nine days. Give him a chance. Well, but as- that's, a, that's an excellent point, Jody. And, and it wasn't Howie who did it. But uh, in the Chip Kelly era, the Eagles drafted Jordan Poyer, yeah. who is now one of the top He's safeties still- in the league. <laughs> And Chip tried to get him onto the practice squad at the end of uh, training camp, and that didn't work. And, uh, you know, they drafted Jordan Poyer in, like, the seventh round. And, you know, they got nothing from – never played a game for the – Wasn't it Cleveland that claimed Jordan Poyer? I think so, yes. Now he's with Buffalo. But, yeah, he is, you know. And it was apparent in training camp that the guy could play, but they thought they were being smart or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So you don't want that to happen. You don't want Ugo Amadi to go out there and, you know, reinvent the safety position. But assuming he doesn't, I think it was a pretty good move. Right. Uh, here's what does scare me a little bit. And you and Jeff both touched on the safety position. And I understand that because you've got um, either an only okay starter uh, step that you're hoping is is stepping up uh apps last year was not a starter for this team and now he is probably safety number one um Kayvon Wallace just hasn't lived up to expectations yet Jaquiski uh, Tart had a couple of nice hits in the game the other day but uh there's a reason why he hasn't run with the first team all preseason long had some injury issues but he hasn't ever been elevated to the first team I get everybody's concerned for the safety I've got the same Again, yesterday, the guys who were making plays downfield uh, were, were against cornerbacks. And I know Slay got pulled early, and Bradbury went out, uh, has been out with an injury and didn't practice yesterday. He was there, but limited stuff, not in the 11-on-11s. Is cornerback depth where Hugo was traded from? Um, I know he's listed as a safety, but the Eagles mm-hmm. plugged him in for the week and a half that they had him more as a slot corner. Is the cornerback depth on this team – a question mark just in case there are some injuries to Slay and uh, Bradbury, and they do have to lean on their bench to get them through some games this year, Les. Well, I think that's a good point. It probably is. Uh, I would also say, though, for what team isn't it? I mean, who has backup corners that are real good? Uh, you know, that's, that's not a thing, really. Uh, those guys get paid a lot of money, and when they get good, they're either starting for you or they're going somewhere else unless you you know draft a bunch of them and they turn out to be great but you know it yeah and that happens to the eagles a lot you know many times we've gone into seasons thinking boy they look good at this position and then by game five you're watching guys that they pulled off the street you know trying to play and that happened at corner several years ago uh during the Jim Schwartz era, they were literally bringing guys in and practicing them two days and starting them against Drew Brees and stuff, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's, uh, and they actually, Craven LeBlanc was one of those guys who was a pretty solid uh, addition to the team for a while. So, you know, but yeah, it, it is a concern. Uh, the Eagles haven't drafted a good corner since 2002 with Lido Shepard and Sheldon Brown. That was the last time they devoted a first-round pick to the position. 
they they have used second round picks, most notably, most recently on Sidney Jones in 2017. He's not here anymore. He's out there with Hugo, you know, in Seattle. Um, I, you know, it's uh, it, yeah, it's a concern because they they kind of have not done well at that position over the years in evaluating it from a draft perspective. They had Rasul Douglas. They drafted Rasul Douglas, who in a very different scheme in Green Bay has turned into a very useful player and is, uh, you know, making money out there in Green mm-hmm. Bay as a starter. Uh, I don't know what it is, but, uh, you know, we can't blame that on Gannon because I don't think Gannon never had Rasul. They traded him, you know, or he went on in free agency before the, previ- the, the current regime was in place. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a concern, and, uh, you know, that they, they are going to have to be healthy at, at, at a position like that in order to be uh, a solid, solid defense. Les, I seem to be one of the few that isn't concerned about running back. I, I think Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell are more than fine, especially behind that Eagles offensive line, but do you think they need to upgrade there? <clears throat> I don't know about upgrade. They could probably use a little bit more reinforcements. Um, I don't think it much matters. They are not going to have a run-based offense this year. If they do, it's a huge failure. I mean, they've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard. And if they need to lean on their running game to run the offense, I, I don't know what that says. But, yeah, that it would be nice. I mean, you could always use an elite running back. But I don't think there's that much difference in the league. I think you can pick up a guy that can help you. They've done this time in. You know, this is something – Unfortunately, running backs are a pretty fungible commodity, uh, unfortunately for them, for running backs. Uh, you can find a guy. I'm sure they will find a guy. I don't think they're that happy. Kenny Gainwell still has kind of been up and down, and he's a, he's a really small running back. He's not, and he's not built like Boston Scott is a small running back, but he's built really sturdy. You know, uh, like Darren Sproles was, Gamewell really isn't built that way. And he's kind of in and out and up and down. Uh, I would not be surprised to see them add to that group. But do I think it's a huge deal? No, I agree with you. Here's where I got to give it at least some concern, Les, uh, because how many times we've said this about Miles Sanders over the last couple of years, his biggest ability is his availability. And it's just not always there. And sure enough, right now, it's not there. And I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest he's not playing in this weekend's game. They're not going to risk him against the Dolphins. So we're coming in kind of like questioning as to what Miles Sanders' role is going to be, how good he's going to be. That's Miles' biggest problem. I know that he's got some holes in his game, but uh, it's all outweighed by the fact that he's always dealing with some kind of injury and the Eagles are going to be walking on eggshells with him again as the season starts for another season. Uh, that's why I give uh, Jeff a chance of being right about this, that they do if they're going to go uber aggressive for an, uh, a trade and do something before the season starts, it might very well be running back. It could be. Um, with Miles, I mean, that's they know who he is. That That's why he doesn't have a contract past yeah. the season. And he's not going to get one. I mean, maybe if he gained 2,000 yards this year, he'd get one or something. But, you know, it, he's playing for his next team. Uh, it's uh, it, That's pretty apparent at this point uh, when they didn't uh, sign him to a new deal. So, you know, I 
they could trade for a, a back. But I, again, there's going to be guys names, you know, guys that you've heard of that are going to be available in the cut to 53. Or if, you know, if you don't want to take a chance on waivers or whatever, you can, Hey, we'll give you a, that six round draft pick that we just got for Ugo Hamadi. How about your running, your backup running back for that? You know, I mean, I just don't think they need a, uh, I'm not sure they need an elite running back to do what they need to do. Plus, you've covered the Eagles for, what, now, two decades? Uh, you've seen their issues at wide receiver, but we've been talking about how deep this core is. I, I Now, look, I, I think the 2004 core with T.O. was really good. I think mm-hmm. the 2006 core was underrated. Obviously, we know how good Jackson and Macklin were, but is this the deepest core you've seen? Of wide receivers? Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, when you, you know, you, Rager is a talented guy. I mean, he's, you know, it's it's never quite translated to the field, but he's he's a good good talent. Uh, you know, Quez Watkins. I think a lot of people. I know Mike Quick is is huge on Quez Watkins. He thinks he should be, you know, a marquee player at some point. Then you've got you know Devonte is uh, a first round pick, a high first round pick, and a guy who looks every bit of that. A.J. Brown is usually the dominant player on the field whenever the Eagles are practicing. Even if they're practicing against the Browns last week, I thought that was the case. Um, and then you, you have guys like Hightower still around. You have Deion Kane. Real interesting story. Guy I've kind of been watching all through camp. Uh, former Clemson player, you know, national championship era player. Uh, came to Clemson as a quarterback. Uh, they had Deshaun Watson at the time, and he wasn't uh, apparently getting any massages. So, you know, Deion Kane decided he wasn't going to be the quarterback at Clemson and switched to wide receiver. Uh, he was a five-star recruit. He's a tall, reasonably fast guy with great hands, good body control. Uh, he's bounced around a little bit. He had a bad injury his rookie year with Tennessee. Uh yeah, I think he should be on the team. I think they're going to carry six wideouts. So and I think if they did get somebody hurt there, they could probably, you know, they wouldn't be as good, obviously, if you lose like a Devontae or something like that for a while. You're not going to be as good. But they could run their offense with, with a lot of the guys they have in camp right now. Let's say uh, both you guys are right and they're, uh, well, uh, for conversational purposes that you guys are wrong, that they're not carrying six. They're only carrying five. Mm. And they have to make a call between Kane and Rager. There's no question in my mind Kane has been better this preseason than Rager has. I know a lot more goes into it than just who's been the best over the last five weeks. But if they have started to feel better about Kane and want to keep him, Les, what's the least the Eagles would take in exchange for Rager? What's the... What's the bottom line? If someone offers them a seventh-round pick, they're going to say no. Sixth-round pick, they're probably going to say no. Fifth-round pick, fourth-round pick. Where do you think Howie Roseman draws the line? I need to get at least this in exchange for trading Jalen Rager. Boy, that's a real good question, Jody. I'm not sure there is a a, a bottom line there. It, just because you're talking about six-plus million dollars off the salary cap, and the team that acquires him is going to have to pay that money and have that room. 
So you don't think and, there's there, there's any deal for Rager out there right now that there's not a team that would say, yeah, costs us next to nothing. His his salary is too much for us to take a chance on. Exactly. I think that's I think that's the problem. I think there there's got to be somebody that can use him, but do they want to spend that kind of money on him? Uh, and of course, he's not under contract after this year. So you know, you'd have to do a contract if he actually played well for you, or or let him go into free agency. Um, it'll be real interesting to see what happens with that. The, the set, the scenario you set up with only one spot for the two guys. I would certainly go with Kane. I just I don't trust Rager after having seen some of the things he's done in games, the the drops he's had. The, you know, I just don't. He's had a very good training camp, but we've seen that before. There's just something there. Some people perform in games and some people don't. We don't know that Deion Kane will, but I'm much, I'd be much happier taking a shot on at that than rolling Rager out there yet again and trying to see if, you know, if, if he'll, if, if suddenly he's figured it out. Um, if he does figure it out for somebody else, then God bless him. You know, I think uh, I think the Eagles went about as far as they could with him. Let me let me uh, follow up, Jeff. Thanks. Um, here's what uh, 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 sideline conversation we had yesterday. Um, maybe it was with Rob Marty. I'm not sure. Um, the argument was made that they need to keep Rager because of special teams. I know he's capable of catching punts and or kickoffs. He hadn't been good at either one of them. Yeah. Uh, if he's on the team and he's playing some wide receiver, I get it. Uh, you got to keep him or a cubby. You got somebody's got to be their return guy right. who, who factors into the mix. Is he that good just because he can catch punts or kicks? Would that difference be enough for the Eagles to say, well, we can't trade him because he's a return guy too? No, I, I don't think that's a fact. I don't think they so either. I, I didn't understand that yesterday. Yeah. They have three or four guys that can do that. Um, when I think of somebody being good on special teams, I think about a guy like Ike Reese. You know, that's what you're yeah. that's what's valuable on special teams is somebody who makes plays as a tackler or a blocker uh, who goes in and blocks punts and stuff like that. A returner, you know, you can always find somebody that can return for you. You don't want to go into a season with a bunch of guys who have never done it before because the Eagles did that once. I think everybody remembers, uh, I believe it was 2010 in Green Bay where they lost their opener because they cut all the returners and they decided to try to give uh, a couple guys a shot. He really hadn't ever done it. Greg Lewis and uh, one other guy. Oh, seven. Uh, I remember Greg Lewis muffed that punt. And yeah, uh, they scored. it was, uh, it was a disaster. Uh, it, you know, it, they, lost, they literally lost the game because they couldn't return kicks and punts. Um, but, you know, that doesn't – that's happened once in 20 years that I've been watching the team. Uh, I think I think you have guys like Gainwell. You have – you know, there's plenty of guys on this team you can put back there and and return some, uh, return some kicks. Plenty of good athletes who have done this at some point in their football lives. And it's not complicated. It's not like you have to learn the scheme to run back a punt. Yeah. You could pick up somebody the day before the season and, and have them run back punts. I believe it was Rio Mahe, by the way, they cut less. I, I think Reno. that's – Yeah. 
Well, they, that was the Jeremy Bloom year, whatever that, year that was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they cut Jeremy Bloom, but they had like three other guys. They had a new special teams coach, Rory Segrist. Yeah, because Harbaugh. Uh, Harbaugh had moved on to defensive backs. And Rory Segrist, every, every time at Lehigh, we were asking him who his returners were, and he would mention all these guys, and I would think, none of those guys is going to make the team. They're not, you know, they're like the eighth corner and the 12th safety and the 14th running back you know they're they're not going to be here rory you know and that's exactly what happened yeah so les i have to ask you this i was going to save this for barrett but i'll ask you since we're talking about these fringe guys here who wins your freddie solomon raheem mostert award paul turner the one guy you do not want to see cut from this football team well we just talked about Dion kane that's the guy that i think has made the biggest splash uh, offensively. Let me think about this a second. I wasn't expecting this question. Um, some of the defensive linemen uh, that I didn't really, that weren't really on my radar, uh, that guy, Kobe Smith, whoever the heck he is, he really had a good game uh, in Cleveland, I thought. He's this sort of, he's, he's listed at 6'2", 300. I think the 6'2 might be a little bit of a lie. He's kind of a stubby defensive tackle who, uh, you know, I see him making plays. Uh, there are, there, there's several guys on this team that really, uh, I think they did a good job finding guys that nobody ever heard of that really, you know, are there more than just as, as fodder for practice. Guys that could, you see some traits in them. I like him. I like Kane. Uh, I'll probably go with those two. Fair enough. Uh, Les Bone here with us on Birds 365. We've done about 20-some-odd minutes already, and we have not mentioned Jalen Hurts once. We haven't done too many shows if that's been the case this offseason. So i got to get your thoughts on the Eagles QB. Yesterday, he completed a high percentage of his passes. Seemed like a lot of checkdowns. He was great in the first preseason game, right down the field, eight plays, touchdown. Uh, his practice work has been up and down, stock up and down. Um, how good do you feel about him coming into this season as compared to when last season ended? When last we saw Jalen Hurts in a yeah. game that mattered, he was getting his tail kicked by the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in last year's playoffs. Nice. As we sit here today, less significantly better, slightly better. Nothing's changed in my mind. Jody, I'm worried that he's actually gone backwards. What's your evaluation on Jalen Hurts today here on August 25th? Right now, I would say slightly better, Jody. But I don't, you know, we're not going to know until he plays one of these good teams. And, you know, and we have a, we're going to need a little bit of time for the offense and A.J. Brown and all that to kind of come together. You know, it might be midseason before we really have a good idea of what's going on there. But I I don't see any reason to think that he's going backwards. I think that's – I would throw that right off the, the plate. Uh, he had a really – there was a moment last week in Cleveland when he got some pressure from his right side and rolled left. And this has been a problem. Last year, if you look at the, some of these analytics things, they chart exactly where the ball goes. Jalen Hurts could only really throw the ball effectively to his right side. He did not – throw much over the middle at all, and he was not accurate to the left side. So he's rolling to his left under pressure. And, of course, they're not going to really hit him, but, you know, he's under pressure. 
And he finds A.J. Brown like 20 yards downfield, throws on a dead run and hits him in stride. And it's, you know, they've broken off the pattern. So this is the two of them just improvising. And they haven't had that much time together yet. But it worked perfectly. And the pass was perfect. And I thought, yeah, that's the kind of thing you want to see this year from Jalen Hurts. Same with the touchdown. It was one play. It was one play. one play. But, you know, I mean – I don't see any reason to say that he's not improved, but we don't know yet. I mean, I, you know that he's worked hard on it. You know that he's taken the criticisms to heart and that he's, uh, you know, done everything he can. The question is how much, you know, a lot of this is vision and uh, processing stuff, and it's not an intelligence question. You know, Carson Wentz is an incredibly intelligent guy, but he doesn't process real well you know second and third reads and things like that it's just something you can either do or you can't do sometimes and and i don't know we'll just have to see i think if he's here's where i think the evaluation is tricky and i'll shut up in a second the offense is going to be so good they have so many weapons even if he's not any better than he was last year the offense will work that's the question you have to really look at. You have to look at how he's going to play against the really good defenses because I think their offense is going to score points whether he's any better or not. You know, uh, And that's what's going to get a little tricky in this evaluation. He's going to have some numbers that his defenders can point to and say, he did this, he did that. But there still might be a little bit of uneasiness like, yeah, did, was he really, you know, did he, did he, Head to head against a great quarterback, was he was he as good as the great quarterback? You know, I, I think that's where the evaluation is going to get really sticky. Plus, we know about the tight end position. We know Dallas Goddard's going to be one, Jack Stoll's going to be two, but I'm still concerned here. I, I don't know who's going to be the three. Is it going to be Grant Calcaterra? Is it going to be Noah? Uh, I can I can never pronounce his last name. Togi, Togi, think he pronounced in the press box. <laughs> Togi, yeah. So, I mean, who do you think it's going to be? Who do you think deserves that job? I really like Calcaterra. He missed an awful lot of camp with a hamstring injury. And the story on him is he was available really late in the draft because he quit football for a while because of concussions. He was a guy that when he started his career at Oklahoma, he was on a track to be like a second round pick, you know, like, which is, you know, most tight ends aren't first round picks, but you know, he was, he was going to be an elite guy and he quit because of concussions and then came back and played a year without having a concussion. But it's still a little bit of a gray area as to, you know, this is something he had a problem with more than once. Could it come back again? I don't know. But uh, he had a hamstring early in this camp and took a long time to get over that. But he has jumped right back in and done very well. And I'm pretty comfortable. You're talking the third tight end. You know, you're not talking about starting him. I'm pretty comfortable with him as a third tight end. Togi has been around a while. I think you can put him back on the practice squad where he's been before. Yeah, the good camp, though. Yeah, great kid. You know, uh, nothing wrong with having him around. But uh, I would – Calcaterra's got real – he's got potential beyond, you know, being a deep backup. <laughs> he yeah. actually has athleticism and – and uh, pass catching ability that you would look for in a guy who's, you know, starting or playing a lot. And I'd like to see them develop that. 
last two guys' names have been kicked around more than anybody else with the Eagles this preseason as potential trade uh, guys uh, have been Rager and Dillard. And understandably so. First-round picks who have no path to being major contributors, yeah. uh, more so on the Dillard side because Mylotta has developed into one of the best left tackles. Um, Rager just hasn't been able to get past what the Eagles have put in front of him in the wide receiver position. Um, Dillard's a good left tackle. There are teams in this league, you yes. put him on their roster right now, he's a starting left tackle. If one of those teams are interested and want to acquire him, same question I had about Rager, what's the bottom line? What's the cutoff? If someone wants to try and steal him from the Eagles, how he's going to say no, and they're just going to keep him as their backup left tackle. But if someone offers enough, how he likes to do deals, what's the price that a team's going to have to pay if they want to take Andre Dillard off the Eagles' hands? Dillard for Kareem Hunt, Jody. No, I don't yeah, know. That's not happening. We had a Cleveland guy on last week. Yeah. I know another <laughs> Cleveland guy. They said, Hunt's not being traded. And people yeah, are, are so, creating either. this deal. Yeah, the Browns are keeping them. They're not dealing them. Yeah, I don't know what the bottom line would be. For me, it would be like a third-round pick. I mean, I would certainly – I do think Dillard is a starting left tackle in the NFL. I don't know if he's going to be like a Pro Bowl left tackle. But you don't give away starting left tackles. Uh, and – I'm always a little leery with offensive linemen because I've seen years again where the Eagles have had like four of their five injured. Right. The the fact that Dillard hasn't shown any positional versatility is a problem because normally you would say, well, okay, if Myelot is healthy, what about uh, what if Dickerson goes down or what if uh, the right tackle Blaine Johnson has a problem, but Dillard hasn't shown that ability to jump into those spots. Now, we're basing that on how he looked a few years ago. I, maybe he's developed to the point where he could do that now. I, I don't know. But I think he's a good player. I wouldn't be in a hurry to get him out of here. Uh, you know, I, to me, third round, second round, something like that. And I doubt anybody's going to do that, frankly. Um, somebody's going to be desperate. Somebody it's going to have to be like a, a, a the, the situation the Eagles had with uh, – uh, Sam Bradford, you know, where suddenly the Vikings needed a quarterback right before this, the season started. Somebody, a good team, a contender. Might be, be the Cowboys. <laughs> gets Yeah, you know, I don't think that Smith injury is that serious. But, yeah, it's somebody, a good team, loses their left tackle. And it's like, oh, my God, you know, we're a playoff team with a left tackle and we don't have a left tackle. You know, that's that's what's going to get it done. I'm not sure that's out there. Well, I think the Cowboys are at that. Uh, Smith looks like a, they're, they're called in a couple of months. Now they'll probably move their first-round draft pick, who they were planning on playing a guard, uh, back yeah. out to uh, tackle because that's where he played on the Maybe so. Right. That would be a huge twist for Andre Dillard, everything he's been through. They have to come back here as the Dallas Cowboy. That would really be uh, the icing. I was going to use the left tackle right now with that offensive line. It's I mean I didn't hear good things about them throughout camp, but now you got this the, their rock of their offensive line. The one guy they were counting on to be healthy. Sorry, missed what ten games over the last two years. It's not good. Yeah, and and I don't even know if Howie would pull the trigger on that one. All right, last last question. And thank you very much for doing this with us again today. 
I don't know if we're going to have you on before the season gets underway. We're definitely going to get you back on as soon as it's shortly thereafter. But if we don't get you on before the first week in the next 17 days, at Detroit, week one, a lot of people here on Birds 365, including my usual co-host and several other guests that we've had, are trepidatious about the Lions. That You'd, you'd yes. rather play them later in the year than early in the year. They don't know they're going to be bad yet. Uh, Dan Campbell's got them whipped into a frenzy on hard don't knocks. Don't mess with Deuce Staley, Jody. I'm telling you, don't mess Deuce with him. Deuce Staley is going to motivate these Lions to a level where they're going to be able to potentially pick off the birds as a favorite week one on the road, but less than four, like three and a half point favorite. Not like the Eagles are favored by two touchdowns. If it were two touchdowns, I might still lay it. I think the Eagles are going to go in there and lay yeah. waste to the Lions. Maybe not to the level of 44 to six like last year, but how worried is Les Bowen about the Eagles opening week opponents? You know, I'm hearing a lot of that stuff. Uh, it's, it's interesting. I think uh, Detroit has some talent, uh, I think, uh, on the lines. Uh, you know, it's I'm not sure I would bet a lot of money on, on the Eagles on this game. I Openers tend to be squirrely. Thank you. Strange things happen in openers uh, all the all the time. I'm going to go in assuming the Eagles are going to win, but, you know, it could be really gnarly. It could be an up-and-down game. Uh, I, it's in Detroit. Uh, it, you know, I, I don't feel great about it. I, I think uh, you don't – if the Eagles go into it thinking they're playing – you know, 44 to six and, you know, we'll just do that again. I think they're in huge trouble. Uh, but I don't think uh, Goff is that good a QB. I think, uh, you know, I think, I, I think the Eagles should be able to, to get out of there with a win, but I don't have, as far as two touchdowns, I'm not ready to, to jump on that yet. Double digits. Remember you okay. heard it here first. All righty. Double digits. And, yeah, maybe two touchdowns. If it's true, it's because the Lions secondary outside of Tracy Walker is not very good. Yeah, yeah there you go. Uh, That's there. true. Yeah. I'm not worried about squirrely, other than the fact that I can get a little squirrely. Uh, Last great stuff. Always a pleasure, my friend. Appreciate it. Uh, you know we'll get you back in a couple of weeks. Thanks for hopping in with us today. Thank you. And stay away from uh, stomach bugs or monkeypox or yeah, all that stuff. Hoping not to get, that's, that's my goal for the rest of the day is not to get monkeypox. Uh, that's Les Bowen from NJ.com here with us on uh, Birds 365. Joining us in less than 20 minutes from now. We're keeping it all in the family. Our buddy Barrett Brooks from uh, Sports Take, uh, NBC Sports Philly. Uh, you know where you can find the ex-Eagle lineman. You can find Barrett Brooks with us coming up in less than 20 minutes here on Birds 365.
plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with Action News and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather. The team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Get Birds 365 right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Jeff Curran for uh, John McMullen today uh, with me. Barrett Brooks going to join us coming up in ooh, about 15 minutes from now. Um, in case you just did stream in, haven't turned on your radio or your TV or grabbed your phone and jumped on Twitter. Today's joint practice between the Eagles and the Dolphins has been canceled. Canceled by the Dolphins due to a non-COVID illness that's going through the team. Mike Garofolo, NFL Network, is calling it a stomach flu, but a bunch of Dolphin players have come down with uh, uh, some kind of stomach issue. So in an overabundance of caution, they have canceled today's practice. The Eagles are planning on practicing by themselves, as if they were down in South Philly. 
Jeff Kerr mistakenly thinks they're going to go over an hour. I don't think there's any chance of that. I think that in the heat that is Miami, they'll get their 55 minutes in. They looked, and again, this is yours truly taking other people's reportings, the video that I was able to see, limited. I wasn't there. Johnny Mac was, um, and the rest of the Eagles uh, beat guys were. They looked tired yesterday. They looked like a team who had a longer week last week, dual practices on a plane, got the regular season, the preseason game in, came home one day, turned around, got back on a plane, went down to my, well, that's the National Football League. If we're making excuses for them for that, they're a little soft, if you ask me. Um, but the Dolphins were home all week, and they just looked a little bit crisper, a little bit better in the joint practice they had yesterday. No questions asked. The Dolphins got the better of it. Um, feel where you uh, what you must about the Eagles losing their first preseason joint practice since Nick Sirianni took over. Um, oh, printed t-shirts this year. That we, we uh, doubt highly they're coming out. Um, so they get a practice in, and they'll get the preseason game in, and then they'll start the true preparation for the season. Jeff Carr, how difficult do you think it's going to be to cut this roster? down to 53 after this weekend's game. Uh, I'll tell you what, Jody, I did a 53-man roster projection for CBS based on what I saw in camp and based on information I gathered from the joint practices, and Les Bowen was one of those people. And I, I looked at it as, wow, this is a lot tougher than I thought it was going to be. Obviously, there were a couple locks there, and I'm thinking, do they keep three quarterbacks? I'd say yes. I do think they keep Reed Sinet around. Um, who do they keep at running back? I think I only had three, but I had six wide receivers. I had three tight ends. Grant Calcaterra was one of them. Uh, I had nine offensive linemen. But where it got tricky for me was how do you bunch up the whole – do you count them as defensive ends? Do you count them as edge rushers? Do you count them as Sam linebackers like Hassan Reddick and Patrick Johnson and Kyron Johnson? Um, I, I I did not want to do it, but I cut Patrick Johnson. I kept Kyron Johnson. I really? Didn't, I didn't want to do that because I think Patrick Johnson's had a great camp, but – I mean, you got the issues you got in the secondary, and it's tough. It, it, it really is. And, you know, you still got guys at linebacker there, like Davion Taylor's going to make the team. Obviously, Nicole Dean's going to make it. There's no doubt about that. But, you know, it it was tough. And with the whole safety position and flux, I mean, I, I really do think if I get any of these wrong, it's going to be Patrick Johnson and whatever the heck they do with safety. And, <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest with you. I didn't have Jaquaski Tar making it, but – it, I'm going to do another one on Monday and that can change. I know everybody's like, well, we played well in the preseason game. I'm like, guys, he's on the third team for a reason. Agreed. Um, you've got him keeping Reed Sinet, huh? Just because you right think now, yes. everyone needs a third quarterback? Yeah. Or do you actually believe that because he's looked good in practice? Hadn't looked good in either of the preseason games, at least my evaluative uh, I, opinion. I just think because everybody needs a third quarterback. And again, okay. this can change. Like, I can flip-flop this. But I'm like, you know what? I say they keep him. But again, this is where it gets tricky. Where do you have a developmental guy in there? Usually the third guy is usually the developmental guy. Carson Strong stinks. I'm sorry. He just isn't good. I mean, I, I, I think the Eagles are going to keep him on the practice squad, but – Again, it, it, it's really tricky. I mean, I, it's not like they have a, a developmental guy in there like Nate Subfeld or something this year. And here's one of the things that I have to admit. And it pains me to have to admit this because, again, uh, today is Birds 365 show number 
347. Johnny Mac and I have been doing this for a while. 347 you guys are on. 347 editions of Birds 365. Um, for about the first 345 of them, uh, I was a stone cold leader of the Greg Ward fan club. Um, have been since uh, he made this team, transferring over from quarterback to wide receiver. I uh, thought that the Eagles underused him last year. He catches everything that comes his way. I get it. He's not getting behind anybody on defense. He's not that kind of speed guy, but you put him in the pattern, you talk to him, he makes catches. He moves the sticks. He's a first down getter. He got it. Uh, he got those type of receptions under Peterson. He could have done more last year under Sirianni, but at least he made the team. I've been a huge uh, Greg Ward fan for the last couple of years. He can't even get on the field. I, I kind of gave Miles Sanders a hard time when we had less on that he just is not able to make it onto the field. Your biggest stability is your availability. You got to be available. Greg Ward has got no chance to make this team as of right now. Um, when I'll, I'll do my 53 uh, before – uh, after they finish this last game, before the season gets underway, before the cutdowns next Tuesday, it's going to be so hard for me to put a line through Greg Ward's name, but he's got no chance to make this team, does yeah. he? I, I mentioned it too, Jody. I said, look, Greg Ward, it's he just can't get on the field. It, it's just a really deep receiver unit this year. And I, I just said, it, you're right. It's tough because Greg Ward just isn't around. Like he's on the team, but that's about it. I mean, I'm not – I'm honestly kind of shocked that he's still on the team now because I thought maybe they'd give him a chance to maybe latch on somewhere else. But it, it's tough. I, I'll tell you what. I know a lot of people like Britton Covey. I just haven't seen it. Not no. this Not this wow. I, I'll say that. It's. I'm like, okay, yeah. Like, have you guys just heard of him because he returned a kick for a touchdown in the Rose Bowl or, you know, what? I, I mean, I, I, the first practice I went to, I was like, okay, I could see him making this team. But I don't know if it's a thumb injury or not, but. I haven't been wowed by him in the other practices I've been to. It was funny because uh, I was doing a show with uh, my buddy Glenn Macnow on Sundays uh, a couple of weeks ago, and we had Merrill Reese, Voice of the Eagles, on. Uh, and he said that the practices he's been at, Covey has actually made a couple of plays. Now, Merrill is, like myself, a charter member of the Greg Ward fan club. Yes. And if Britton Covey's going to make the team, then there's no chance that uh, – Greg Ward's going to make the team. I don't think either Britton Covey or Greg Ward are actually going to make the team. But if one does, then it absolutely puts the other one out to pasture. I'll say, he, I'll say he's this the first. only guy that I've heard say, yeah, Britton Covey's actually made some plays and he's opened some eyes. I'm with I, you, Jeff. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I, I'll say this, Jody. Watching Merrill watch practice is a spectator sport. He is so into it. I, I love it. It's, you know, he's watching every detail. I'm like, it feels like he's just like an extra coach on the sideline. Guy stands there like this and he's like, okay, okay. You know, just stands there by himself. You can talk to him, but it's like, you're talking, but he's like, yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> like that type of thing. Like I, I love Merrill Reese. He's great. Before I'll talk to you all the time, but once the, once the pads get on and they start hitting, it's, it's all a business. I, I love, that's how I am too. I'm just kind of sitting there like, yeah, okay, this is the guy. I'm, I'm glad Les mentioned Kobe Smith, by the way, because I, I, I would have told you this straight up. Three I actually, weeks. I actually thought Kobe Smith was going to be one of the guys who was cut going from 85 down to 80. I did too. And it's funny, Kobe Smith walked past me the other week. I didn't know who he was. <laughs> I'm like, 
this is bad, right? I should know who this guy is. Like, he's on the Eagles, but I didn't. It's I know him now. Like, if I see if I saw his face, if he walked by me today, I'd be like, hey, Kobe Smith. So I yeah, we talked. I talked about this with Les specifically, Esquez. I think you asked him a question as well about uh, running back for the Eagles this upcoming season. They've done what they've done so far, and they'll get a, another chance to showcase uh, certainly um, this uh, final preseason game. We know what three guys are going to make the team. The question is, is a fourth? Would they be uh, open-minded to going out and getting a guy who's not just another body? Uh, a lot of people have suggested, oh, they need a power back. They oh, need someone power. who can. <laughs> I, I don't think that's. I don't think that's necessary because their power back is named Jalen Hurts. When they need to get a third and one, they're gonna do a quarterback sneak. They they've got an extra added twist to their quarterback position because of Hurts' capability. So I don't think that's uh, something that the Eagles will be looking to do. But do you think there's a chance? I, and and it's not going to be Hunt. Everyone wants to throw Kareem Hunt's name out there. I like my Cleveland sources when they tell me he's not being dealt anywhere. The, 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 the Browns don't want to trade him. They're going with Jacoby Brissett, and they believe they got to have that one-two punch in the backfield of Chubb and Hunt. So yeah, I you, you're not getting Hunt. They will trade Kareem Hunt. Now, the Ernest Johnson could be available. That might be someone that intrigues you on the waiver wire. But, again, why would they want to do that? Because remember the COVID year? The, the Ernest Johnson had like 150 yards rushing. It's Cleveland could put you and me back there, and we might be able to get a yard. <laughs> it's, it's just, Their offensive line's really good, too. Yeah, I don't uh... – I don't know that the Browns are going to train any back, but um, it'll be interesting to see if the Eagles are in the back market. I just don't, I think they're going with the three they have. And oh, by the way, uh, both Gainwell and Boston Scott look really good last week mm-hmm. in the preseason game. They went right down the field, two straight possessions and stuck it into the end zone. Uh, I know it's only three and NFL teams like to have more than that. Most NFL uh, teams putting together a roster these days. I think they're going with these three, and and that's with that's with a major question mark about Miles Sanders. Will he be ready for Week One? We have to assume that's the case. Hey, uh, there are some people like my partner John McMullen who want to see the Eagles run the football uh, like they did last year. I know you don't think so. You know I don't think so. I think they're going to try to pass it. We had Les Bowen on who said they've kind of committed themselves to try and pass the football. Uh, I don't think there's going to be changes in the running. I tell people I I love AJ Brown, but AJ Brown's very vocal as we've seen on social media. I I don't want to see AJ Brown frustrated because he's not getting targets. Let's just put it that way. I don't think that'll be the case, but we all know it. it, He hasn't been there. He hasn't been here long enough. We we all know how it's going to be. I don't think he's going to be a rock the boat kind of guy this year because he's not going to need to rock the boat. They will get him the ball. Oh yeah, they they will get the ball. And you know what? Jalen Hurts will make sure he gets the ball. And exactly. I think that's why he's going to have a big year because Jalen Hurts is going to make sure he gets the ball and he gets his. And I think Devonta Smith's going to get his. I, I really do think both are going to have big years. Jeff in, Jeff Curran for uh, Johnny Mac today here with us on Birds 365. We'll take a quickie timeout. Then we'll, we'll be joined by the big man. That's right. Our very own. If you listen to and tune in to the Jacob Media YouTube channel all day long, sports takes. He does TV, too. He's better. He's better with us here streaming, but that's just my personal opinion. He's pretty damn good on NBC, too. Barrett Brooks going to join us next here on Birds 365. 
plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com, and on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather, the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Appreciate you being part of Birds 365, a Thursday edition. Jeff Curran for John McMullen, who's down with the Eagles in Miami. We're glad that Barrett Brooks is still back here in Philadelphia. You'll catch him later today on Sports Take, and uh, they'll have him doing something or other on NBC Sports Philly, uh, whether it be uh, Barrett on the Birds or Babylon <laughs> Brooks. They got a lot of different names for when they put him well, on well, well. like these. Well, Joey, I'm going to tell you this. Joey, Jeff, I'm just hoping I don't get a stomach virus for being on a show with you guys. So it doesn't help me. Yeah. Doesn't hurt me from going into, you know, my show later on. So, I mean, I yeah, think what's going on don't now. Don't think that can be done streaming. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, by the way. If it can, I might stop streaming. <laughs> uh, I, I think we'll all be perfectly fine. As will the Eagles, although they're missing out on joint practice today, Barrett. Yes. Uh, I asked this of Jeff, so I'm putting the number on you. One hour over under length of Eagles practice by themselves today with the Dolphins. Which way are you going over under? I'm I'm going with the under. I am going with the under. I don't think they go out there and give a complete pass. Number one, they're in a place that they can't be fully secure that um there won't be eyes on their practice. That's number one. Number two, we know how this coaching staff is. They play on Saturday, so they want to make sure their guys are in the most optimal position to be out there and be healthy. So, yeah, I think it's 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 58 minutes, like the first practice they had, 58 minutes. 
Barrett, here's one for you. I, I've never seen a team do this where you have back-to-back joint practices on the road like they did. I mean, the Eagles were here for uh, literally a New York minute. They, they basically came home, went to Novacare for – I don't even know if they practiced, and then went out. And, I mean, do you ever see Nick Sirianni try to do this again? Because this hasn't been optimal for them. No, I mean, I, I was surprised that they did it that way, back-to-back like that, you know, especially considering – that, uh, you know, I mean, you heard what Tua said, you know, Miami's quarterback. He said that, you know, if you look at it, you know, they may not have gotten the Eagles best. You know, they were practicing, played a game, flew back home, packed up, flew back out again and was practicing the very next day. That's a lot of traveling time and, um, you know, time being in the air. And, and it's just not good, you know, for them as a, you know, as far as health, you know, going into a situation like that. They're not going to be at their best. So uh, that might be the reason why they're now six and one as opposed to being, Seven and zero with these, you know, practice squad, you know, practice they have. Do you think they outsmarted themselves here, Barrett? Because they they had the capability if they wanted to to do joint practice with the Jets. That was their opening preseason opponent. They of course had done it last year. Maybe they didn't want to do it two years in a row. Uh, maybe the Jets didn't want to get. A, I'd rather get on a uh, air conditioned bus and come down the turnpike than get on a plane and have to go somewhere. Why do you think it broke the way that it did? They did it for two straight road games. Uh, you know, <clears throat> I think that is it. I think they kind of outsmarted themselves. Um, I mean, they did get good work yesterday. And sometimes, you know, just like Mike Tyson said, you don't know what you're going to do until you get hit in the mouth. That's kind of what happened. They got hit in the mouth. It kind of reality check. And I was, I mean, I really wanted today to be a day where I could see them react to it. You know, how are they going to, you know, how's the coaching staff, how are the players going to react to, all right, we got our butt kicked the day before. What are we going to do now? You know, the, you know, I wanted to see their reaction. So we won't get that reaction. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just a maturing process of a team that's supposed to be good, got beat up. Now I want to see what they were going to do to respond to that. Do you think that changes the way the preseason game is now played since they that's didn't get question. that? Yep. <laughs> that's see, that's that's the I, I don't I don't think the starters will play like you would. We would have saw Darius Slay today for sure. You know, and, and um, you know. They would have practiced like, you know, the, the starters would have, you know, went in as business as usual. But there's no way you see Jalen Hurts or anybody else that's a starter going into this game. In fact, I don't think they'll play Pascal. Pascal played um, a lot the last game. I don't even think we'll see him in the game. I don't think we'll see Epps, Harris, none of those guys either that, you know, I think need a little work. We still won't see those guys either. Um, you know, this, you know, this team is very cautious in how they approach. The health is big to them. So I doubt seriously if we would have saw – We'll see those guys this Saturday uh, night at all. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Barrett. One thing I'm looking forward to watching Saturday is Deion Kane and a lot of these yes. fringe guys on this 53-man. I mean, who are you specifically going to be watching this weekend? Oh, he's definitely an individual that I'm going to be looking at. Deion Kane has shown that he should be on this team. He has outplayed Jalen Rager. Um, it's just by position that he, you know, Rager was a first-round draft choice. All things being equal, it should be Kane's job. And, you know, looking at that, you know, position room anyways, you know, you got Hightower, uh, you got Ward, you know, you've got a lot of players that, you know, like Ward, Ward has helped this team out, you know, a lot, you know, since he's been uh, in the Eagles uniform, you know, so he's a position I'm looking at. I'm going to look at the um, outside linebacker position, you know, I mean, at this point, you've got, you know, Kyron Johnson and Pat Johnson. Right now, Pat Johnson is winning the war as far as his production on the field. He's playing a lot better. So, you know, I think he's winning by, you know, because he's played better than Kyron, who's a draft choice also. 
there's a lot of key battles. I also wanted to see how, you know, the Kobe Dean and Davis would play. I, I didn't think that they were – I don't think they showed up the last game like I expected them to. I want to see more out of those two. I, You know, Big Davis, you, you heard his name kind of fade a little bit. You know, not saying he's not doing anything, but I haven't seen – I haven't heard his name as much as I did beginning the camp, the first preseason game. Nicobe Dean also, you know, is he playing up the expectations of a third-round pick? Those guys, you know, that's a battle that I wanted to see, you know, open up. Because, I mean, say what you want to say. Stuart Bradley is good enough to make this team, if not just being a special teams captain. He should be on the team. We still don't have a locked-in starter at the return game. You know, is it going to be Covey? You know, who? I mean, who else is going to be returning punts, kickoff return? You know, there are so many spots that still need to be, you know, worked out. And Howie Roseman, it's going to be tough for Howie Roseman this year. I mean, Howie really has to go out there, and, and he's going to cut some good players to get down to this 53-man roster. So I'm anxious to see. Even the quarterback position. You going with Senate or are you going with, you know, with Strong? I mean, yeah. or, or you just go two and just yeah, one goes on the practice squad. <laughs> right, right. You know, so, I mean, it's, it's going to be a very interesting cut down next Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday, right? Yep, Tuesday, Tuesday. correct. Yeah, it's going to be uh-huh. a very interesting cut down. All right, Barrett, I want to take you into your wheelhouse, which, of course, is the offensive line. Um, the Eagles have chosen this preseason to not work out Andre Dillard at any position other than left tackle. Now, he has jumped over and played right tackle before poorly. Um, they apparently didn't want to revisit that again. He is just a left tackle. His lack of flexibility probably hurts his value to yes. both the Eagles and or any team that would be thinking about inquiring him, but at least he's sticking with a position where he's best suited to play. And I think he is for some of the lesser teams. He's one of the top 32 left tackles in football right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. He can start for half the teams in the league right yeah. now. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going half. Uh, but <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go at least half. a handful of teams that he could start for. Have the Eagles mishandled that in your opinion? No, I think they're so comfortable with Jordan Malata's ability to go to the right side. If um, if Lane goes down, they will be very confident that, you know, you know, because that's the way they raised Jordan, you know, throughout this time with the Eagles, him being able to be ambidextrous as far as playing on the right and left side. He does both of them pretty good. So they wouldn't have a problem pushing him over there and, and put, placing Dillard in at the tackle position. Um, I think, you know, it's not really the Eagles. I think, Dillard probably missed the ball by not going out and becoming a better, more versatile player. You know, he could have helped himself out a lot. I mean, I, I linked in my career six years with my ability to go from left guard, right guard, tackle, right. left tackle. You know, I started my career off starting, you know, two years of left tackle, then two years of right tackle. You know, so, you know, then I went to Detroit, played left tackle for two years, went to went to Green Bay, and that's why I started my progression into becoming more of a, a, a multi-dimensional player. You know, I actually played my last my last two years, well, four, my last four years with the Steelers. I actually played in one game against Cleveland. I played center, guard, and tackle in one game. Damn. So, you know, the versatility will keep it will, will make you a, a, a longer career easily if you can play all the positions. So I think he dropped the ball as far as that. But I think his value is still up there at the left tackle position. I think they're going to keep him just because, you know, you see what's going on down in Dallas right now. Tyron Smith, um, he they were, you know, they thought that he kind of strained. Well, they thought he ripped his ACL, but, you know, I think he just strained it. That so, offers a lot. Yeah, yeah that I mean, offers a lot of trouble right now. A lot of trouble. 
Aaron, I'm glad you mentioned that, how versatile you were. Uh, I, I got to bring this up now because I, who was the, the starting – was it Trey Drake that Strahan just owned? Yeah, and, Troy Drake. Yeah, yeah, Troy, Troy Drake. Drake. And, yeah. and then I remember that they put you in against Green Bay. Oh, by the way, you're facing Reggie White this week. Have some fun. Right, right. I mean, it's, 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 we, call it, we call it Reggie-itis. See, I wasn't even supposed to play the game, you know. But, and, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, our starting right tackle – I'm not going to say his name, starting right tackle – all of a sudden got Reggie-itis, you know. So I get a call from Ray Rose. You know, he, he was, hey, 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 get, 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 get your ass up. I'm like, what's up, Ray? Get up. You got to go. You got to go. I said, what you mean I got to go? You, you you started today. You know, started got, he, he, he got, he got, this is this what he said. He, he, he got, he got, he got, he, 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 he got Reggie-itis. I'm like, Reggie-itis? <laughs> I was like, all right, whatever. You know what I'm saying? I went out there and battled, man. I, I, mean, I did the best I could, man, playing against I got- I had the pleasure of meeting Gilbert Brown and Santana Dotson at the Hall of Fame, but they were staying in the same hotel room as I was. I never saw someone talk about Steve Everett, like Gilbert Brown. <laughs> and I'm like, I gotta rewatch his game now, and I'm like, oh my god, did he own him, bro? I mean, it, it's, it's, it was it was that defensive line, Santana Dotson, Gilbert Brown. They've had um, they have um, Holiday also from yeah. from um, from North Carolina, and and Mr. White. You know, you guys can call him Reggie White, I call him Mr. White. And you know that I mean that was we beat. I remember they came up to be, they played us and we beat them by running the ball. We ran sprint left. Uh, we got, I mean um, we ran the right side, left side, right side. We just kept running stretch plays back and forth until we just tired them out, and that's why we won the game. You know, yeah. but I mean it was it was tough, man. It was tough. You know, going. Yeah, I watched that game in the beginning. It, it just seemed like they were trying to go inside zone with Ricky Waters. I'm yelling. I'm like, where? What are you doing? Stop doing this! It's, you know who's in the middle there? And, right, <laughs> the grave like, digger. I'm like, well, yeah. And then, well, why run outside? You got Reggie. You got this. Barrett starting at right tackle. It's. I'm like, <laughs> I'll give you guys credit, man. That was a that was a hard fought win. It, it, well, we we, we battled it. We battled, man. And uh, I can remember. Um, you know, I, I went back. I actually went back and watched it uh, a couple of days ago because you know, you know, Derek Gunn, you know, D Gunn was trying to, you know, talk crazy and make fun. I'm like, bro, if you'd went against Mister Mister White, you'd have been the same way. But I mean, I was battling, man. In fact, I got I got some high praise from John Madden. You know, John Madden actually said hey, my name yeah, in, a, yeah. in a positive way. You know, so I mean, I'm out there battling. That's all I could do, yeah. man. But of all the Maddenisms, he had a lot that game, especially with <laughs> Gilbert Brown, because I don't know how you block Gilbert Brown. I'm like. Right. <laughs> I will block. I will block. As soon as I saw him, I was like, "Great, Dick, because yeah, everybody calls me that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I played right, against Barrett, him in college I, also. I uh, appreciate Jeff taking you back down memory lane of yeah. good days. More power to both you guys. But we got to jump back on the Eagles into here in 2022. At the most important position, which of course is quarterback. Sorry, Mister Offensive Lineman. It's your job to keep that guy upright and uh, right, and right, right. Able to make plays. When last we saw Jalen Hurts in a game that mattered, he was getting roughed up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not close, not competitive. Oh, the defense got abused too, but Jalen didn't do anything until it was 31 to nothing. Um, They've done everything that they've done in this offseason with Jalen and moves and additions and uh, debates on what the offense is going to look like and what they're going to emphasize and where are you at with Jalen Hurts? Right now, today, we've got one more preseason game that he's not going to play on. No more joint practices because it got canceled today. So we're still 17 days away from the first kickoff. But not much else is going to happen. The Eagles are going to have practices against themselves. Where is Barrett Brooks with the evaluation of Jalen Hurts 
We assume he's going to be better. How much better? How much better does he need to be for the Eagles to get to the level that they want to get to this year? Where are you at with Jalen right now, Barrett? I, I think I'm kind of the most unpopular guy in the world because I'm totally invested on Jalen simply because they brought him what he needed to become a better passer. You know, we all know that he has the intent. He can run, you know. He, he, you know, he can always get himself out of trouble. Those are things, you know, that he does best. But what I see now in this offense is, is, is a trust factor. And this is why he's going to grip it and rip it. This is why he's going to go out there and hose the ball around and be a better passer. It's trust. Trust. Mark my words, it's trust. He trusts A.J. Brown. He trusts Mitty. When you trust guys, you know, he, he trusts that he can get the ball to Dallas Goddard. Trust factor is there. And when I say trust, you look at A.J. Brown. He doesn't have a huge catch radius, but he has a more forgiving catch radius. Because he's so, you know, strong and diesel, he's able to go out and, and, and kind of debo the ball from, from receivers. So it's not a 50-50 ball like you usually say. It's a 70-30 ball, knowing that his strong hands and his ability to shield off defenders, you know, is, is, is going to work in his favor. You've seen it all through camp. You see it in the game. Um, you see it uh, in, the, um, in the practices. You see his ability to go out there and out-muscle guys. So Jalen Hurst trusts him, so he's going to let it rip. He did not trust Jalen Rager last year. He didn't trust throwing it to guys like that. I mean, he was throwing to a rookie Smith. He almost had 1,000 yards. So, I mean, he didn't have that trust factor like he has now. He will trust throwing the ball to those guys that they can go make a play. He's going to trust um, Smith in the aspect that, all right, with his route running, he's going to be open. So, he, you know, you can get the ball to him because he creates separation in his routes. So he trusts getting the ball to him because he's going to see that separation. I mean, guys were all tangled up on guys last year. Nobody can get open. Smitty's going to be open. So he's going to be able to trust to get him. And that's the biggest thing. They trust each other to go out and make plays. So anytime you have a young quarterback and you have a good tight end, that usually becomes his best friend. So he's going to trust going to Dallas Goddard. And also he has the ability to trust the run game and his offensive line. So because of that, I think he's going to be – no, I'm not, I think. I know he's going to be a way better quarterback than he was. A more confident quarterback brings confident numbers, brings confidence in him with the team. It just makes you a better team. You know, they're going to trust that Jalen Hurts is going to make that progression into being a starting quarterback in the league, a, 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 a game-winning quarterback. Now, he won't have the numbers that will blow you away. Like, he's not going to have 5,000 yards or anything like that. But he'll have the things that you need, and that's W's in the win column. Because if you stop his passing, he can run. If you try to go out there and defend his run, he has now weapons good enough to go out there and make plays on the outside and even in the interior. So when you can trust the offensive coordinator to make uh, to put your business to make plays and his ability to go out there and trust the players he's throwing to and knowing that he can always tuck it and run if he wants to, that's a confident quarterback you're going to have going into these games, man. And when you're confident, there's really nothing you can't do, bro. Barry, how much are we underselling the fact that Devonta Smith's going to be facing number two cornerbacks all year? Da da da, exactly. I mean, when you have last year, he had the best cornerbacks and was still able to get almost a thousand yards. He will have a number two quarterback now. I mean, a cornerback guarding him now. This is our, he's already a problem for number ones. And oh, by the way, um, I'm 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 through with this notion of you know AJ Brown being one and Smitty being a, the, the the second best. I mean, he, if you look at it now, I'm going one A one B. And you can pick which one you want at 1A and 1B because there are going to be some defensive coordinators will see the explosiveness of Smitty and will choose to bracket him or, or turn coverage to him because he's so elusive in his route running that he can break free at any time. We forget this kid had a, 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 a senior year, 
won the Heisman, had over 1,800 yards, over 20 touchdowns by himself, not even including the year before that. Smitty is a good bonafide number one. They didn't draft him number 10 in the draft for nothing. So, yes, they have two number ones out there. So you cannot downplay, you know, that 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 aspect of it. So as a defensive coordinator, pick your poison. Are you going to stop the run? Are you going to stop the pass? Are you going to stop this guy over here? Are you going to stop that guy over there? I mean, what do you do as a defensive coordinator? And I think that's what's going to make these guys so big. They're going to trust each other to go out there and make plays. I'll, I'll, I'll add on to this, Barrett. I honestly think they traded for A.J. Brown. Not to sell Smitty out, but I think it's to create the ultimate mismatch on Trayvon Diggs because we saw last year when I don't he know. faced the big receivers, he did not fare well. Well, he, he had, yes, he had 10 interceptions. He guessed right 10 times. But you can't get, you can't get past the fact that he had over 1,200, 1,100 yards thrown on him throughout the season. Yes, he picked right 10 times, 11 times. But he picked wrong a lot more times than he picked right. I mean, he was a sieve as far as, you know, letting guys, you know, break free on him and, and, and catch touchdowns on him. He 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 had a lot of interceptions, but he had a lot of yards thrown on him. And I think that matchup with him and, and Brown, that's going to be, you know, must-watch TV. You know, get your popcorn ready because I can't wait to watch this. You know who's going to eat? Devonta Smith. Yeah, absolutely. So who, who's going to cover him? What DB is going to cover him? You know, when I look at, when I look at um, their roster – Everybody's talking about, you know, how good they are. Uh, and, you know, because at the, at the quarterback position, they are the, they do have the number one quarterback in the division. But when I look at guys out there trying to go, are right, you going to put Jordan Lewis on them? Are you going to put um, Anthony Brown on them? Anthony Brown's pretty good, but he's not he's not to the level that, that, that Smith is going to be as far as route running. He's just not there yet. So Trayvon Diggs is on Brown. That means the guys – now you're going to have Leighton Van Der Esch trying to cover – Dallas Goddard. Good luck. Are you kidding me? Yeah, not. I happening. like this matchup all They're day. They're not deep in Dallas. They're tough. No, no, exactly. I mean, all right, you gonna put Curse on him? Curse is just too small to cover him, and he, he can't cover. He's a box safety. He cannot cover Dallas Goddard in the middle of the field. So we have matchup. We're a matchup nightmare against this Dallas team. Oh, and you got Quez Watkins too. I, I think he's gonna make a. Play. Oh, but oh, 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 don't forget about you know he says he's faster than the cheetah. So we'll see. I thought we were going to be able to see that. Yeah, you know, I want to see that. I, I want to see that. Whoa, 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 You didn't just say it's faster than the cheetah. He said, he said, no. He said, no. He did you, said, you he's saying it. We're not saying practice. Yes, I did. He got yes, torched. Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. I think you better want to, you, you may want to roll that one back. Uh, Barry. <laughs> I'll say I'll this. Say no one's faster than the cheetah. I'm sorry. Not even Devin Allen. No, no one's faster than the cheetah. No, nobody is. And, and you know, it's, it's, it's not like he's just fast, though, but he's thick. He's athletic. He is huge, man. He is a thick-bodied receiver, bro. So, to me, he reminds me a lot of, of, of his wins body makeup is of Sterling Sharp, a thick guy that can run run routes now. I mean, the worst thing that, that, that you know, this league did was force the cheetah to learn how to run all the routes instead of just running the go right that he had years before. Last year, they had to, you know, go at, you know, Big Red had to say, all right, we can't run these deep balls anymore. Now we have to throw underneath to him. And he figured out that he can run slants, comebacks, and and and, and, and drag routes, and to get the ball to him in stride, he just turned his game into another level, man. He's able to run past coverage and 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 one-on-one outside. I mean, you, you, you can't do that to him. So, I mean, he learned more from last year on how teams try to stop him, and he reinvented himself to run routes better. It's the best thing he could have done for himself, and, and Big he Red knew he was doing it. 
he had such a good year last year. They're like, he's not beating people 40 yards. I'm like, you don't have to anymore. That exactly, right. exactly. He learned he's a lot. It's just going. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he caught the ball against the Bills underneath. Yes, he and did. And then yes. ran right by everybody. So <laughs> he can either it could be in the air or it can be with his legs. He's going to find a way to get while at it. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Throw the deuces. Let's go. <laughs> and it happened And it yeah. happened in yesterday's practice. No, you saw the tapes, Barrett. Yes. Um, do we should we have concern about the Eagles secondary? We'll just go wide uh, screen here. Secondary. We know if Slay and Bradbury and Maddox are all healthy and stay that way for all 17 games, the Eagles yes. should be good in the defensive backfield, even if the safety position isn't great. Their their corners are that good. But there's um, always yes. the possibility of injury, and Slay got hurt yesterday after he got burnt by the cheetah. Uh, do you like the defensive backups on this Eagle team right now? Well, you know, I have been talking about Zach McPherson, you know, all camp. I thought he had a great camp uh, this year. He was playing well. Um, you know, he's he's the next man up as far as cornerbacks. Uh, Josh Job is also a guy that they, they're very high on, you know, a kid from Alabama, rookie from Alabama. I think those guys are feasible. And when you get into the slot position, you got Joshua, uh, Josiah Scott. You know, they like him playing, you know, right in there at the slot position and also playing safety, you know, that 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 – that rover safety that might have to go out there and cover a wide receiver or a tight end or running back out of the backfield wouldn't be the most optimal matchup, but they're very confident in those three guys. After that, it gets kind of slim. They like what they saw from, um, from uh, Kayvon Wallace, you know, during this time. And Kayvon had a pretty good game last week. They like what he did in, in practices last week. That's the first time he shows something all camp. When I watched him when we were at home, and in, in, in the practices while we were at home, I, I didn't like what I saw from him. I, I thought he was kind of laxed in how he approached the game. He didn't do all the drills. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a firm believer what you do in drills is gonna is gonna you know is gonna be what you're gonna see when you when you're practicing eleven on eleven or when you're in a game type situation. What you see in practice it ultimately folds over and flows over into what you do in games. And I thought he had a half-assed effort, you know, going into um, practice. So that's what he got in the game. Well, I saw him pick it up a little bit these last practices against Cleveland, and it flowed over to the game. He had a much better game than he had last time. He started to show up. But, you know, that's also that's also because other guys started showing up. Showing up. I mean, Reed Blankenship, say what you want to say, but he's shown flashes. I mean, he's going to be on the practice squad, but I don't think they'll have a problem with bringing him up if one of those guys got hurt. Tart didn't show me anything. He still hasn't shown me anything. He showed me a little bit in the game. But I need to see more from him. He, I mean, he's on the team looking, for a reason, right? That's what I'm saying. So, why is he not? You know, he's been a starter his entire career. Why is he not starting right now? Well, I saw why he's not, he's not a starter. He is basically a will linebacker, you know. And you know, I, I hate saying, I hate talking, you know, about people like that, you know, because you know, till you show me different, I'm just going by what I see on the field. He's more suited to be that box safety that's going to be almost like a linebacker, cover around the line of scrimmage. You blitz him when you need to blitz him. He may be able to go out there and cover a tight end. He's just not a, a cover guy anymore, or or has he ever been? He, he he just can't cover, and he'll become a liability in coverage if we keep him out there. So unless he shows me something this next game, I don't know if we uh we don't we don't put Howie in a position where he's got to go out and find a starter. You know, they're they're okay with Harris, and Harris can come in and play in in the box and be that guy. But I think they want a starter. Um, opposite of Epps, and if these guys don't do anything in this game, they're going to have to go out there and spend resources to get a quality safety 
in this um in this box. I mean, they're 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 going to win. They're trying to. They're not trying to just win a division. They're trying to win it all. Say what you want to say. This team is trying to make it to the play. Uh, make it to the, you know not just the playoffs but the Super Bowl. They want a Super Bowl winning roster, and I think they're close. If they go out and fill a couple little holes, like you know somebody opposite of Epps at the safety position, and they keep you know keep on being confident in this offense, being able to go out there and control the clock. All right, Barrett. Then the way you're talking, this should be an easy question, yeah. and I've put it to everybody who's been on the last couple of weeks. There's some really tangible fear of the Detroit Lions in this town with some people. I have none. Zero. Zero fear of the Detroit Lions. So, ooh, watch out. You're watching Hard Knocks. Dan Campbell's a motivator. First game of the season, they don't know how bad they're going to be. Aiden Hutchinson's the real deal. I have no fear of the Eagles, uh, of the Eagles playing the Lions. I think they're going to win by double digits. Maybe more than two touchdowns, 44 to six last year. Eagles went on the road last year, first Sirianni game, got a win against the Falcons. I say you can put it in the W column right now. Maybe I'm a little uh, overly biased here. Maybe I'm a little cocky. Where does Barrett Brooks fall on this opening matchup versus the Detroit Lions? Wait, wait. Well, well here it is then. You know, Jody, I'm on the same boat as you are. Yes, you know, hard knocks make send it in. Send it in. What was Deuce Staley, Jody? That's all I'm telling Stop with the was Deuce the coach of the Lions last year? Was he their running back coach when Eagles beat him 44 to 6? Did I miss something? Did he miss that week? Did he have monkey pox? I didn't think he missed (laughs) the game last year against Eagles. I think he was there. I think it was 44 to 6. And and I and I, I I I'm gonna tell you the truth. I don't like um, I, I don't like their Aaron Glenn as the defensive coordinator. I think that's one of the that's one of the um, that's one of the things that that have that have pushed me to believe that the Eagles are going to beat them pretty well. Um, they don't have enough pieces also to compete. You know, I mean, they have some good players: DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams. They you know they can run the ball they pretty effectively. I, I'm just gonna say that they're deep in receiving. Yeah, and then I mean, and they have guys that can make plays like. St. Brown is a monster. Stunt. You know, he's a monster. monster. So you too. He, and DJ Stunt. Clark is pretty good. But I mean, with our with our secondary, I think we'll match up with him tip for tap. The biggest thing is I don't think that their their defense will be able to hold up to the Eagles offense. You know, there's still a lot of players away. They have some players. Aiden Hutchinson, his first game, he's going against a, one of the premier pass blockers in the league, you know. He, I mean, this year you can almost write it down and take a picture that uh, Jordan Malata will be a pro bowler. You know what I'm saying? And he'll be going against Aiden Hutchinson, and it's going to be a battle. But I think, you know, the, the, it, 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 you know it, gravity eventually takes over. We're talking about a 360-pound human being, a six-foot-eight, going against Aiden Hutchinson. I'm, I'm, how big is Aiden Hutchinson? Let me see. He's what, 6'4"? He yeah, he, he, he's – oh, actually, he's 6'7". Six, 6'7"? Six, no he ain't six seven. He's about six five. Yeah, I'm 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 just going by what the, what this said. Let me look let me look it up <laughs> real fast. But even I mean, either way it goes, either way it goes. Pick he's still going against because you know, he's, he's still have to face lane too. Or exactly. So you know, my my odds are gonna go with Lane and Jordan Malata will beat him like he stole some. You know, there's no question about that. We'll beat him like he stole some. It'll it'll be a bad day for him. And uh, you know, at no point do I see him 
being able to, you know, beat up on those guys. No, he is 6'7". 6'7, 265. Yeah, he's, list, he's listed at 6'7. He's not 6'7. I'm telling well, you. Well, I mean, of course they're going to flay him. So he's probably 6'6. Maybe. Uh, they, I know uh, Jeff watched it, so I got to ask you, Barrett. Did you watch the second episode of uh, Hard Knocks? No, not yet. In fact, I'm probably, uh, since I'm up so early with you guys, I'm probably going to watch it. All right. I, I don't want <laughs> to completely spoil it on you, but a little bit of a spoiler. They compare him to guys coming out of a boy band for his looks. <laughs> So maybe if he just pulls his hair up a little bit, which he's got the capability of doing because he does look like he was in a boy band. Right. Uh, yeah, then maybe six seven. If you just slap that thing down on the top of his head, there's no way he's six foot seven. And and Lane will handle him just fine. And right, right. Um, I'm on say Brown, nice player, good player. I'll take both of the Eagles wide receivers over the number one Lions wide receiver. The only guy who really scares me a little bit. Is uh Hawkinson a tight end? Yeah, yeah well, they, he's a they player. Need to prove they can actually stop a tight end. They yes. didn't do it well last year, and absolutely we do have questions about safety this year. He's the only guy that scares me for week one. Absolutely, you're right about that, man. I mean, Hawkinson is, is good, he's top notch, and Jared Goff isn't 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 a slouch this year. I think he's gotten he's going into the mindset that all right, I have nothing else to lose. I mean, if I gotta go out here and prove that I am a number one quarterback in the league, I was the first pick, I gotta play like it. So you know they're gonna be all right, but they're not. They don't have what they need to 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 beat up on this this Eagles team, and I think the Eagles you know beat them you know pretty handily. I I think the one thing Detroit has this year that they're gonna end up winning more games than a lot of people think is their offensive line. I just think the Eagles match up very well against them. Because yes, yes. Fun. I mean Tyler Decker is great. Um, you know, he's really good. You know, Big V is still holding it down, man. Big, Big, he's know? a good guard. He yeah, is. yeah. Like, you know, right now was. He would have been the best center in the league last year being at hurt. Exactly. Yep. And then, you know, Penny Sewell, you know, first rounder for two years ago. He's playing at a high level. Their offensive line is falling, you know, falling into place. I just don't think they have enough against, um, you know, especially with what they're trying to do, you know, with with the defense and being multidimensional in defense, you know, you know, it's, 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 and I think this team has finally turned the corner as far as understanding what their role is in that defense. You know, when you're switching back from from a two gap defense to a one gap defense, you got to play differently. You know, you either get up the field or you got to hold the point. You know, a lot of guys can't do that in between plays, let alone in between, you know, I mean, in between series, let alone in between plays. So it's going to be hard for them at first to get, you know, used to that. But I see that defense being a lot better than what they showed this last week against, I mean, this um, last practice against Miami. Here's, here's Here's what I'll give the Lions. They won't get a tie this year. If they can turn that tie <laughs> into a win, they got a big time shot at four wins this year. So no question. Don't no get question. them They're winning six, Jody. They're winning six. Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll take the right under now, six, and uh, they will be zero and one. I think we're all kind of leaning on that. I don't think yes, it's going to be yes. competitive. Jeff right. does. Uh, Barrett, you and you and I will enjoy our cocktail after the Eagles first. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> always a pleasure, buddy. Appreciate you coming. Thanks on. a lot, guys. Appreciate uh, it. Tell Mr. Ellis and Mr. Gunn we send our regards. I definitely will, guys. Take it that easy. Is, that Thanks, is Barrett. Man. Barrett Brooks here with us on Birds 365. All right. Jeff Curran for your John McMullen. We need to come back. Put a bow on the show here on Birds 365.
plan your day with confidence. Definitely want to keep the umbrellas on hand. And keep your family safe with action news and AccuWeather. Numerous tornadoes. Well over seven inches of rain. Your go-to team when severe weather strikes. The water is still rising right now. Keeping you prepared wherever you watch. On TV, on 6abc.com. And on our streaming apps. And that's when we go severe weather mode and on the air for you. Action News and AccuWeather, the team you trust. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. down the home stretch of a Birds 365, a football Thursday, a non-joint practice Thursday. Didn't know that when we hopped on here this morning. Uh, word broke just before the show started, which, oh, by the way, started a couple of minutes late. Not because Jody overslept, okay? Senior got the stomach bug. They, they they love to pin it on me because I did it once. Uh, yeah, StreamYard with the stomach bug or the monkey pox or the uh, viral flu. We got no idea what the technical aspect of our uh, late start was, but it was due to technical difficulties. We did get on the air. We had a good show. Uh, I thank both Les Bowen and Barrett Brooks for hopping on with us today. Both of those guys did a good job, as did Jeff filling in. I, I know you've asked this question of, a couple of the guys today, but I need uh, your thoughts on it as well. Um, week one against the Lions, uh, you think it's actually going to be competitive? I don't. I think they're going to smoke the Lions week one. Um, they had the joint practice yesterday, but uh, it got uh, eliminated today. What do you want? What do you need to see from this Eagles team in the last preseason game? We know that preseason conceptions have changed over the years, even from just two years ago when they had four preseason games, now down to three. Sirianni does it differently. The league seems to do it differently. 
what, if anything, are you going to take from this game this weekend, Jeff Carr? I mean, I guess I'm going to be watching the Deion Canes and the Jack Andersons of the world. I mean, I was nitpicking the second preseason game because I said, I don't like how the defensive tackles were getting bullied around. Oh, they're fine. They're, they're deep. They're deep. I'm like, I understand that. But I, I didn't like what I saw. I didn't like Cleveland's offensive line beating the snot out of the second team. And yeah. I know it's the second team, but we got to rely on Marlon uh, Teo. I can never say his name too. The, uh, Marvin T. Just go with T. That'll, yeah, that'll... yeah. Uh, Marvin T. That's what I'm going to call him. And Marvin Wilson, another guy who might make this team. You know, I did not like them get beat up. Uh, Jordan Davis didn't play well in the last game, like Barrett said. Uh, you know, the I, I, you know, Kobe Dean, I thought he was okay. I mean, he was a heck of a lot better than the first preseason game, but we, we got to see what they got at safety. And I just don't think we're going to get that this weekend because we're not going to see anybody. It's, you know, Andre Chassier, I think he makes a team because he's a really good special teamer, same with Sean Bradley. But, again, it's, you know, what's how he going to do in the next five, six days, uh, even longer than that? I mean, we still got a long ways to go to September 11th, and this initial 53-man roster is definitely not going to be what we're going to see week one. J.K., when does the NFC East show here on Jacob Sports Media get underway? It will start on Monday, so I will be live at 7 a.m. I got a nice little lineup of guests this week. Thank you, Jody Mack, uh, for all your help there. I got to get Barrett on, but I, I, that's what I wanted to say to him, but I don't know if his alarm clock works that way because <laughs> Barrett and I that, talk about the That, that might be a little early for Barrett. Yeah. Barrett said he'd come out with us today at 9.25. Make sure you call. Make sure I'm up. Hey, he's like me. The alarm sometimes works, sometimes doesn't. It wasn't my fault that we started late for it. once. It happened once, Jeff. In a year and a half, we've been doing a show once. My you know alarm, we see, took a power hit. My alarm didn't go off. I slept right through the show. It happened. But we have a couple of guys that like to pimp me on the stream every single day. What, oh, is Jody up yet? Is Jody still asleep? Jody, you know what I'm famous for? I have a 300. I have a 300 game in bowling. I've shot my fair share of great games. You know what I'm known for in J-Lanes? I had the front 10 and I fouled. All right, you just said something. I got no idea what it means. I, okay, so in bowling, there's a foul line. If you step over, it's a zero. I stepped over it. At, at, and I out of bounds, so what? Well, 12 strikes is 300. Well, you get the front. I was going for my 11th strike in the road to go for Oh, you're kidding. Three. You stepped over the line when you were sitting on a 300 up. game? Yep, and I knew I did it. Oh, and shit. I didn't I, know that. But, but luckily, I left a stone cold 10 pin. So I only got nine. So I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. so it, what? It still counts as a zero either didn't, way. I'm didn't like, matter. Nine, I wasn't nine. even mad. I just said, eh, I did it. It happens, but I get ragged on it. I'm, I'm everybody goes, oh, you're still the first guy to do that. I'm like, I've seen a guy get the front 11 once and go for a three iron throw in the gutter. So really, wow. And nice. he's got over 50. This is what you're going to get on the Jeff Kerr show on the NFC East. That and bowling tips and how to blow it. Reggie Itis, if I ever get Barrett, if Barrett ever gets older, we might just talk about Barrett's career on Eagles Day or Football Friday, whatever we decide to do. Uh, that'll be on, on Monday. Jeff, uh, you know, we're going to get you back on here on Birds 365, either on the filming thing. Oh, if you do that, you're going to have to do three straight hours. That's some heavy lifting because um, uh, McMullen every once in a while is going to have to sneak off. Thank you for uh, picking up his load today. Did a good job. Uh, buddy, I will talk to you again soon enough. Yep. I think tomorrow I'm actually going to be on because I think unless John's coming back. Uh, I haven't heard yet uh, because I know John, they got no practice tomorrow. So if Jeff is here, that works for me. If Jeff is uh, back with his own show on Monday, that works for me too. 
We appreciate all you guys streaming in here on Birds 365. We'll be back. Jody Mack and who? Well, you have to tune in tomorrow to find out in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.